This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Good morning. It's Thursday, March. 31st. For some reason, I thought it was Wednesday, but today's the last day of the month. Um, and one thing I'm going to change about the podcast, I think I've been talking about the economy too much. Let's go back to just talking about stocks. Um, but essentially, I do want to talk about one thing because we do trade UCO and uh, SCO quite often. Um, at least I do. Um, so UCO was the play yesterday. Um, it went up, uh, closed at 163. The day range was 160 to 165. So it wasn't huge. Um, but you did have some, you know, it was kind of the, the, the flat one. If you were going to play the two, I did not trade it. Um, today, uh, UCO is down opening up at 155. It looks like, um, at least at 830, it's trading there. SCO is, uh, trading up. 573, 575. Um, essentially, what happened overnight um, or late in the day, I'm not exactly sure uh, which, but, but the US is going to tap its strategic oil reserves. Biden has a 1 p.m. Uh, press conference scheduled, and they're going to, the, the rumor is they're going to tap it in a big way, a big, big way. Um, this will bring oil down. And that's the point of the strategic oil reserve. Uh, the price in the U.S. will be down. There, uh, Lima Croft was on, and she was saying um, uh, 2 million barrels. Today, only 2 million barrels of oil are off the market because of Russia. Uh, Russia is shipping 4 million, so only 2 million of those barrels don't seem to find a buyer. Um, if more countries refuse Russian oil, and that gets to 4 million, then we have a a larger uh, problem, but uh, U.S. will tap it. the The rumor is it will be um, uh, approximately uh, one million barrels per day for the next uh, 180 days. That most likely keeps oil in this country about the same. It does not ease the world's supply. Uh, so as as supply goes down again the, the 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 saudis are in a war uh, opec is meeting today the assumption is that they will not increase in any likely way uh so you're looking at oil most likely going up so my suggestion buy into this weakness uh, i do think the weakness is an opportunity to uh look at um uco I, I think UCO is your play. SCO, uh, I think for the short term, if you're looking to play something, I'm not playing around with the volatility indexes these days because it's just not going anywhere. Uh, I'm, I'm more playing in the oil space and I think that the energy space, and I think that's an opportunity. Devon Energy, um, you know, oil stocks were, were down yesterday. Um, and remember, I said Devon Energy, anything under 60, um, I would buy. Uh, what's happening now, it looks like um, 
in the pre-market, Devon Energy got all the way down to 58, but then it shot back up and now it's at 59.05. There's just not a lot of uh, uh, buying in this one pre-market. Um, but a- again, buy into oil. That's uh, my thing. You know, just, just, just so everyone's aware too, um, the, the oil is going to turn around. And Kyle Bass is on, uh, on CNBC right now saying that uh, China manipulates the price of oil. Well, so does the U.S. But um, here's, the, here's why politics doesn't make sense and bashing anybody over uh, the energy policy of this country doesn't make sense. When you look at the, the, there was a chart that was put out today um, that shows the price of oil to production capacity or production stats. <clears throat> and it's very clear when the price of oil goes up, the production of oil goes up. When the price of oil goes down, the production of oil goes down. U.S. production, and this is a government fact. Um, it, it, is, it is an indication this is not something that's political. This is not something that's been, this is a Republican, you know, uh, uh, talking point that oil is, 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 the energy policy of the U.S. is, is driving prices up. Well, no. U.S. production of oil, it just came out, will be in record production next year. Record all-time production. It's not because of permitting. It's not because of policy. It's because the gas price went up. Production goes up when prices go up. So essentially, this is a temporary play. All of these energy companies, you're going to see increased capital costs. You're going to see increased um, uh, production. Uh, and you're going to see increased prices. So my guess is that by June, we're looking at SCO as the, the opportunity. And we're also getting out of these energy names. Um, I, I think with the next quarter earnings, get out of your energy names again. Le- again, unless you want the, the dividend. If you're playing for the dividend, go ahead. Um, I spent the day yesterday learning about covered calls, by the way. Uh, I, and, and, and again, my, my advice to everybody out there, uh, get to know your broker. Um, pick a broker and, and, and find them. If you're trading, find a quality broker. Fidelity gives me all of these free tools to learn. I took an hour-long live course yesterday. There's an hour-long follow-up today. There's also one-on-one sessions that I can get. Uh, and this is through Fidelity. Robinhood offers you absolutely nothing. I watched a, um, a, I think it was called um, GameStop. There's a documentary on HBO Max um, about the GameStop and, and AMC, the meme stocks from last year. And it shows um, just exactly who won, who lost. Everybody wants to get the hedge funds. Everybody wants to, you know, thinks that, oh, the hedge funds were gotten because they got caught in the short. Now, even the guy that got, lost $9 billion, not sure where it went. He didn't lose it. Still running a hedge fund. Still has tons of money. Citadel still has tons of money. Um, there's, you know, again, get to know your broker. Robinhood is not a friend of yours. Uh, yes, it's free. Yes, they just expanded hours. Yes, you can trade crypto in there. Uh, but they offer you absolutely nothing. Um, Fidelity offers me a ton. 
a ton of resources um, from financial planning to courses to um, no fees on anything. I have my uh, healthcare spending with Fidelity. They give you a, um, a card. You manage it yourself, but there's no fees. If you're going with uh, the, the, the Healthline or something, the, the largest HSA, you're paying fees on that one. Forget it. And you're limited as to what you can invest in. Uh, my HSA, unfortunately, was uh, in the, <laughs> the ARC funds over the last year. So I wound up getting out of that one. Again, it's not a tax, um, tax event in the HSA. Um, so let's get back to talking about stocks uh, per se. Oh, the unemployment numbers just came out. They're very good. 1960 style records. Personal income is up. Spending is, is slightly down, uh, but the consumer is still strong. Futures are super flat with these numbers. Um, low jobs, easing inflation, consumer is strong, high spending. Um, right now, we are not in a recession. The uh, yield curve had, has not inverted, um, but we could be getting there. So uh, Tesla, there if, and I need to post, I think I posted this yesterday, but Tesla has a gap um, and, and there's a gap that about 11.34 and 10.21. This was around yesterday when the stock was trading at about 10.50 or so. Um, all the way down to uh, almost 1,000. But there was a clear point where it went down to uh, uh, a couple of days ago, 10.21. It, it filled a gap there that was there before. So we've seen this gap, or I'm sorry, 10.21 is the bottom of this gap from a couple of days ago. There's a top of the gap, 11.34. It's clearly going for the 11.34. I think we're going back to about 1,200. Um, and that would be my guess is that 1,200 is a good support level on this one, uh, or I'm sorry, a, a good resistance level. You've still got the RSI at 71. You've got the MACD crossing up. Um, volume is still kind of, it, it's still high, but it's leveling off. You've got earnings coming up on, uh, it looks like, let me refresh this. Um, got it. Uh, let me see the date on this. Uh, earnings. Earnings is coming up on April 25th, post-market. Uh, but uh, tomorrow you will get the quarter uh, results of vehicles delivered, I believe. Not vehicles sold, vehicles delivered. Um, and according to my Tesla employee friends, it should be fairly large. They are all working overtime. Um, so Tesla's one. Um, just so we, we talk, I talk about this death cross and, and the death cross happened on Tesla way back on February 9th. And that is supposedly a, a super bearish um, thing. And, and it, it is bearish for a certain amount of time. But when the 50 day starts moving up, that's a bullish signal after the death cross. So that's what you typically want to look for. Um, death crosses that happened recently, AMD. Um, this is one, actually, it's down today because it just got downgraded. Death cross happened on February 3rd. Uh, the 50-day has started to move positive. Today, this one's down. But since that death cross, uh, it's up uh, 6%. Uh, triple Qs, um, which is one that, uh, th th that was highlighted as a death cross at the um, end of January, beginning of February. Um, since the death cross uh, happened, we're up 17%. Uh, 
um, SPX. Let's see, SPX. Since the death cross happened, up 11%. Um, uh, Google, up 14%. Microsoft, up 13%. Net, uh, which is, let's see. Oh, stop it. Um, Cloudfare, uh, up 28%. That's the big one. So there's opportunities there, um, you know, even though you have a death cross. Uh, I'm looking over my portfolio. ArcW, actually, ironically, in pre-market, ArcW is up 1.25%. Um, that's a big one. Etsy's up 1%. Um, which one was just down 2%? Uh, Occidental Petroleum is down 2.5% in pre-market. This one seems like it's going to cover this uh, gap here, 54 to 55, probably today. Um, but it's still in a positive upward trend. You've got a um, downward MACD. You've got the, the RSI coming in. So I, my expectation is that this one continues to run post 60. Um, you know, we just need to pull, pull it back a little bit. Um, but that would be my thing. Um, let's look at GameStop and AMC. So GameStop is down today in pre-market GME. It's down to 162. It closed yesterday at 166. The day range was 165 to 183. So it closed at its lows um, for the day. And you're even lower uh, on the open. Um, AMC is trading at... It in the pre-market is at 24. It closed at 25, and yesterday's range was 25 to 29. So it too closed at its lows of the day. Um, the Hydromine HYMC, um, I, I forget what this one's called. Something, some mining that AMC bought. Um, it is trading at 12 237. It closed at 239 yesterday. It went all the way up to 275. Um, Apple. Has been one. Yesterday it broke its uh, 11 day winning streak. On the 12th day, it did not uh, turn positive. Yesterday um, it traded between 176 and 179. That's a super, super tight range. Uh, and that's why I'm saying don't trade the volatility because I just don't see volatility in this market. Again, today I think you're rather flat. Um, essentially, uh, we're looking at a super bad quarter. Uh, and today is the quarter end. It's the month end. Uh, tomorrow you have uh, options expiring, uh, but it's not a major options day, I don't think. Um, Mosaic is one. Uh, these fertilizer stocks seem to be getting beaten down, and this was one that I was looking at um, to try and see, okay, is it a buy or not? Let's look at it on TrendSpider. MOS is the symbol. Um, this one has kind of fallen off. The MACD is coming down. The RSI is at 54. Um, this is a stock that, you know, just back in December 6th was trading at 34. Uh, and you're dealing with a food shortage. But at 34, you've doubled your price. And that's just since December. So, um, and do they have a dividend? They do. It's very 0.69, so it's nothing, nothing to write home about. Their earnings are coming up on May 2nd, so a month from now. Um, oh, and by the way, very interesting stat this morning. Um, I, I posted it yesterday, seasonality of uh, April. Seven of the last nine Aprils were positive. I, 
believe that's what the stat was. Let me pull it up real quick. I have it on Twitter here. Um, but it's interesting because, uh, again, as positive as we've been in March, and we will end the month of March up, um, but as positive as we've been in March, it does look like we most likely will uh, uh, end the, uh, the year going up again as well. Um, let's see. Where is the, I think it was from Jim Cramer. Uh, 15 of the last 16, sorry, it wasn't seven of the last nine, 15 of the last 16 Aprils are up. So, and yes, uh, boomer man, uh, Kramer got me that one. Now Shopify, uh, is talking about seasonality Shopify S H O P. This has been a dog and, and I have owned this since Mar- May of, um, 2020 and I've ridden it all the way up. And I've ridden it all the way down. Um, we're right about the, let me see where I bought this one at. Um, let's see. Shopify, I bought my average purchase price is $744. And that's kind of, I think we're close to that right now. Let's see. Um, we are at $709. It's slightly up in the pre-market. Uh, not quite. We had a buy-in on March 10th of $567. And we're still in this in the algorithm. Right now, you're looking at the RSI down at 55. Um, But an interesting stat came out from TrendSpider. Strongest week of the whole year is next week for Shopify. A 100% win and an average of 6.5% since its IPO. So uh, that's an interesting one. I probably, based on that stat, Um, I will probably buy into some weakness if I see it on Shopify, um, today or tomorrow, assuming that next week, uh, we could get a 10% pop, a pop. And again, if you put, you know, $10,000 in, that's a nice $1,000 for you in a week. There's your weekly salary, if you will. Um, so, uh, I will probably be doing that one, buying that in a tax, uh, in my brokerage account to try and make some money. When I look at this one, I do see that we do have some strength here. There is a gap here, interesting enough, between 800 and 861. That might be where we're heading here from the the 700s. If we could get and and fill that gap next week, in my mind, that kind of makes up for stuff. So I'm interested in this one. Shopify, again, their their PE is 30. Um, They were 70. Uh, their earnings per share twenty two dollars and eighty eight cents, but that's kind of you know a little wacky. I think they do some some um, some back of the the, the napkin market or uh, uh, financial stuff there. But um, when I look at the daily, let's look at a daily on Shopify. I think Shopify is your play um, going into next week. To to be perfectly honest, I think there's some structural issues with Shopify. I think it's one of those uh, considered a pandemic play, and the pandemic. For all intent and purposes, uh, right now the pandemic is assumed to be over. But when I pull this volume uh, line back all the way to the COVID lows, which were at about 300 here, um, and we've pulled back, you're seeing quite a quite a big volume shelf here between 715 and 747. But once you get above that 761 price, it looks like um, the next it. it my guess is that gap there, it's between 802 and 838 on the daily. 
If that gap gets filled, you've got a volume shelf um, pulling you up here to 920. Um, but volume shelves probably provide more support than resistance. But my guess is you've just got an empty volume shelf here uh, in this gap between 809 and 842. So uh, I, I think maybe you're going back to that one. Um, one of my other favorites that I've been looking at again, and I've, I've said this before, is uh, SPG, Simon Property Group. This is one that ran all the way up to 170 um, back in November, and it's got a 5% dividend yield. Um, with the consumer still being strong, again, yesterday we talked about restoration hardware and the guy's diatribe and rambling and blah, 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 the whole thing. But Simon Property Group is one that provides you a, a, almost a 5% dividend, um, and, and it's been solid. And when I look at, let's kind of look at a weekly chart of Simon, because it'll be interesting to see. Let's, let's, let's read this one, a weekly chart. Um, and I'm going to turn off the dividends and earnings. Maybe I'll share this one. Who knows? But when you look at a weekly chart prior to the pandemic, um, you really see the pandemic just kill this stock down to about 20 or so. And, and the reason was nobody was sure that it was ever going to continue. Um, the 200-day has kind of on a weekly moved a little bit up. But pre-pandemic, you're talking about a $170 stock. Um, it's not unheard of that Simon Property Group with all of their malls goes back to that $170. you are at $134. It was just there in November. So the, the, the volume shelves are, uh, let's see where they're providing. We'll bring it back here to the COVID lows. Um, significant volume shelf here at 66. Um, when we pull this one in, um, there is a volume shelf here between 131 and 134. Uh, you do have a green candle on the current week. Um, you have an upward moving 50 day. The nine day just crossed under the 21 day. Um, on this weekly chart, you have a descending volume uh, profile. So fewer, less volume, if you will. But again, I think Simon Property Group's a good one as well. So I think the, 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 the three things that I'll leave you with today are, um, you know, tech stocks, yesterday weakness, today weakness. Um, I don't think that we're done with that weakness per se. Um, uh, Shopify, uh, next week, uh, is strong today. Probably a strong day to buy it. Energy, uh, buy on weakness. Oil, buy, buy UCO on weakness. Um, mosaic, buy on weakness. We're going into a food shortage. Tesla, uh, you've got tons and tons of catalysts with Tesla. Uh, I think it's a little high right now, but I think 1200s in the books. So that's that. I'm going to keep it at about 20 minutes. So if you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter. Happy trading.